Yes, people pleasing can and will show up during labor and birth. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast, where we chat all things home birth, hot takes, business, and more. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. And you know, my daughter, Mercy, my little sidekick, she's always going to be here and in the background. So if you can't stand it, oh well. (laughs) On this week's episode, I chat about people pleasing, how we are groomed to it as infants. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) And it is further programmed in us to us as we grow how it shows up during labor and birth and as women we are programmed to be good girls as opposed to men being a good girl and doing what the authoritative figure says and doing all that can sabotage birth I also go over that no isn't a negative word or a bad thing to say. So let's get into it. So did you know people pleasing is instilled in us at such a young age? I mean, think about it. Seriously, since like an infant. (laughs) Think about how, how many moms force their baby to be held by someone else, you know, like when baby clearly doesn't want to, mom just gave birth, everyone wants to come see the baby, no one has a grasp of how postpartum should really be treated, (laughs) everyone wants to hold the baby, baby just wants to be on mama, not like in these strangers' hands, and this isn't like shade, I'm not shaming anyone, like I'm just making a point right (sighs) so baby's like crying doesn't want to be held we're like oh it's okay here you go oh the baby oh oh don't spoil the baby by giving it back to its mama no it's fine (laughs) you know like I've always John and I we've always been like we would never be like that like force baby to be held by anyone but we definitely are guilty of it sometimes. It's hard. It's really hard not to be. Especially when it's like one of our parents. I know, right? <laughs> what? Why I do that to you? I don't know, girl. <laughs> you know. Alright, well, I won't do it no more. Say less. Say less, girlfriend. And, you know, I feel like it gets worse as they get older. She's Mercy clearly has a lot to say about this. She's very passionate about this topic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, should I rename this podcast to the Mercy podcast or what? <laughs> but, anyway, I feel like as the babies get older, it kind of gets worse because... Now they're, like, becoming more aware of what's going on. And they can kind of, like, decide if they want to, you know? Like, when they're now in their toddler years, you know? And you're like, 
give Uncle Whoever a hug. Come on, don't be shy. Say hi. Say hi. Say hi, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> or like whoever. Like, go give Nona a hug. Or go give Cousin Tommy a hug. Like, what? No. <laughs> like, imagine as an adult, someone was like, yo, go give that person a hug. And they're like, give me a hug. And you're like, why? I don't. I don't want to give a hug. That's kind of intimate. This is kind of weird. <laughs> that requires me to be very vulnerable. And I don't want to be like that with this person. Like, who are you? <laughs> Why is it okay to force that onto to- onto babies, toddlers, you know? I mean, people might hate what I'm saying. But, like, look, this is how I view it. Like, that's grooming. Grooming a people pleaser. Because think about it, no one respects the fact that the baby or the toddler doesn't want to be held by someone, doesn't want to give a kiss, doesn't want to give a hug, like, let me live. If they want to, they will, you know, like, it's not that deep. And if they don't want to, like, so what? Who are these adults' feelings so entitled that they, they deserve a hug and a kiss and to hold the baby? Like, get over yourself. <laughs> you know, like I'm never like, can I hold the baby? Oh my gosh, give me a hug. Like if mom ever wants to hand off baby to me to like have a break, cool. If the toddler runs over and wants to give me a hug, awesome. But like I'm never going to be that person where I'm like, oh my gosh, let me hold your baby. Oh my gosh, give me a hug. You're so cute. Like, no. No. That is grooming a people pleaser because you're telling them they have to do it to make the other person happy. Oh no, you made you made grandmom sad. Look, grandmom's sad because you won't give her a hug. Who why is it their responsibility to make grown adults happy? <laughs> like it's giving creepy vibes. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> And honestly, I think, like, girls and women get it way worse. It's always, like, like, um, starting at a super young age, you know, it's, like, be a good girl, be a good girl, be a, be, be a good girl, you know? Oh, boys are just boys. Let them be a boy. No, 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 no. Be a good girl. Don't get me wrong, like, with my faith and, like, womanho- womanhood and stuff like that, like, yes. The only person you should be submitting to is your husband and the most high, okay? Can I get a hallelujah? However, women, I believe, are far more conditioned to be people pleasers than men are. I mean, either way, it's not right. No one should be a people pleaser. But women do get, I think, get treated like that more than men do. Than little boys do. You know? And that carries with them all throughout adolescence, teenage years, young adult, womanhood, all the way up to when you're pregnant and giving birth, especially in a hospital. Now, think about it. Think about yourself if you're a woman and think about all the women you know. I mean, I'm not saying every woman is like this, you know, like, do I have that tendency at times? 
sometimes, you know, it's hard to create those boundaries. But for the most part, I've always been um, what one would call a rebel, (laughs) a troublemaker. (laughs) No, not a troublemaker, but just like, if you wanted me to do something, I was always going to do the opposite. I just wasn't going to do it because that's just how I was. Whatever. Um, Exactly. (laughs) And (laughs) I realized as I got older, it's a good trait in a sense that you know, I, I like, I'm always like not conforming to this world. Always like F authority. Right. Mercy's saying she's the same way. (laughs) No, like when I was younger, yeah, it, it got me in a lot of trouble. I was, I was too wild. I was full of sin. I was doing crazy things. It was not serving me well, but since being saved and understanding things, you know, I feel like that was a great trait for me to have as like someone who never trusts authority, doesn't like to listen to authority, questions everything, has a mouth on them. Just I got a little bit of a mouth. I mean, who am I kidding? I have a mouth on me trying to be more soft. (laughs) But the only person I really need to be soft for is the most high and my man. But anyway, I feel like it's kind of like a good trait because I do... I mean, you hear my girl because she's not going to keep her mouth shut either. <laughs> and, like, I always help my friends out. I've always been that friend, you know, like, my friends would come to if they're feeling some type of way or just need some advice or, like, what would you do? And I'm like, girl, you got to say this or you got to put your foot down with this or you got to set this boundary. Because women, with being conditioned to be a good girl, go give uncle louie a hug make uncle louie happy weird okay women struggle with being people pleasers and have a hard time saying no i've never had a hard time saying no i mean have there been times yeah because i'm not perfect i'm not here trying to paint a picture of like oh my gosh i'm so perfect be like me no not at all i'm just kind of relating to what i'm talking about right (sighs) saying no is not a bad thing like the word no is not automatically negative, even though it's, it, you know, you could argue that it's, it means it neg- negative versus like positive, you know, like positive. Yes. Negative. No, not in an, like an energy sense, but like just in the overall aspect, I don't know how to explain it. I hope this is making sense, you know, but like, um, it doesn't mean that it is a bad thing to say No. No is an amazing word and needs to be said and can empower you, can can make you feel amazing. Yeah, will you sometimes feel guilt when you're setting a boundary and you have to say no? Absolutely. There's so many times I avoided that, so many times, where I'm like, I just feel bad. Gosh. You know, because there's many times where I'm like, no, my guy. There's been plenty of times where I'm like, oh, I just feel so bad. And that's because I'm human. We're all human. But what comes down to is being such a young child, being groomed and programmed to be a people pleaser, that as an adult, you really struggle with saying no. Okay. Okay. Now, 
imagine as a woman who struggles with saying no, struggles with making everyone else happy, um, and just being a people pleaser, you know, with everything that I went through growing up, maybe you've experienced all of that. Now imagine being that woman and birthing in a hospital, how that people pleasing shows up because it does, you're in such a vulnerable state, things will rise to the top and show up, especially in that setting. Now, everyone that knows me, I'm like, stay home, stay home, stay home, F the system, stay home. But I know that there are so many women on so many different journeys, and there's many women who just are scared to leave the system, who are scared to exit the system. And look, I'm not here to judge nobody, but I'm never going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to sit here knowing what I know, knowing how I can help and support and just allow women to enter that system and go through trauma, have terrible births, and be a victim of the system and not know their rights, know what they can say yes and no to, know that they can be in charge, right? I'm not going to turn my back on those women. I can't do it, okay? So we are programmed to submit to authority and to be a good girl and do as they say as women. Now, who does that serve? When you are in labor in a hospital and that kind of programming that you've grown up with rises, whether you recognize it or not, who is that going to serve? Spoiler, it ain't you. (laughs) It ain't you, sis. (laughs) And what that is only going to do is stall labor. Okay? Because you're not submitting to the act of birth. You're not surrendering. Instead, you're in this hospital. You have these bright lights on you, which can already slow down labor. Okay, you have all these people around you, you, you probably don't have a birth plan. Or maybe you do, maybe you are aware of that and you have one written up, care team has it, but you got all these people around you, all these noises, all these machines, people in and out, asking you questions. You're having a hard time fully submitting to the act of birth. Instead, you're worried about You might be worried about what you look like or um, am I being too loud or um, yes, let me answer that question or am I doing this okay or where should I go or is this okay or whatever, you know, that's, that's surrendering to the hospital. Like you can have a hospital birth where you're in charge, where you surrender to birth without surrendering to the hospital. It's. 1000% possible. Okay. So like when you're not turning to birth, you're uncomfortable, you're not happy, disrupting the flow of the feel good hormones that support labor. Right. And now you're scared because labor's not being supported. It's instead being stalled. You're scared because now they're all telling you that your body is failing to progress, which by the way is BS because labor can take days. 
And if it's supported properly, yeah, it might speed up. If it's supported properly, it could still take days. Everyone's different. Labor can be quick or labor can be long. There's no time limit. But when you go to a hospital, the clock starts ticking because they put a time limit on it. Okay, so now you're hearing this and that you may need to receive a C-section. Quote, emergency C-section, which it's not. It's not. They just don't know how to support it. And that's why you got to break we, because I'm with you on this. We got to break the whole people-pleasing part of us, work on finding our voice and setting boundaries, right? Preparing mentally to have to say no multiple times in the hospital. You're not going to people please because you're only going to sabotage yourself. You're not there to make those people happy. Who gives a F about those people? (laughs) You know, like, you're not there for them. You're there for you and your baby. That's it. You ain't there for them. You're there to give birth because you decided you feel more comfortable in a hospital. And that is okay. But with choosing to give birth in a hospital, you need to be prepared. Or you're going to be another statistic. And that's just a fact. Okay. So it's really, honestly, it's a lot harder to birth in a hospital than in at home, I think, because you have to be on your A game. You have to be like, you have to walk in there with the energy of, like, I own this drawn. This is my place. Nobody's messing with me. I'm in charge. Y'all work for me. <laughs> you do what I want, you know, and that's it. Because that's the only way you are going to come out there with a positive birth. Now, the cascade of interventions can be obvious, of course, like induction, leading to Pitocin, leading to an epidural, leading to a C-section. However, Mercy, please don't do that. People-pleasing can also jumpstart that. And like everything I just said should kind of give you an example of how that can happen. Because if you are worried about doing what they want, making sure they're happy, um, That's people-pleasing, right? So, here you go. Sorry. There you go. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. (laughs) But anyway, that, that literally is an intervention. If you don't tackle your people-pleasing problem, I'm going to call it a problem because it is a problem. We all have it. We all have to work on it. I have to work on mine, right? If you don't tackle... Um, being able to say no, (laughs) that's going to be the first, like, intervention, honestly, that can, (laughs) she's so funny, she has this, like, huge stuffed lion, she loves it so much, so she's just talking cute to it and hugging him, I'm on the floor with her right now, but anyway, that can, that's literally an intervention, and that can sabotage your labor and your birth, that can leave you as being a statistic and that's I don't want that to happen 
I don't. It hurts. This is why I encourage mamas to be a... What, baby? This is why I encourage mamas to truly stand in their power, work through any fear of birth. Seriously. And this includes the fear of saying the word no. Don't ever be afraid of saying the word no ever in life. Ever, 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 ever. You hear me? Ever. You have to put yourself first in a lot of situations. Laboring and birth in a hospital is number one on that list. Okay? I'm here. If you need coaching, I offer one-on-one coaching to break through fears, to hype you up, all the things. Check out my website. I have it linked in the description. (laughs) The coaching package that I offer. And I do go over all this in my Roaring Mama Informed Consent Guide, which should be coming out soon. It's almost complete. But make sure you join the waitlist by DMing me on Instagram or uh, signing up for my email list. That automatically puts you on the waitlist. If you're on the waitlist, you get the guide at 90% off, which is crazy, I know, because that (laughs) makes it cost only $11. Insane, but, like, there's so many women that need this, and I just need to reach and help as many women as I possibly can because like I said I know not everyone is ready to birth at home which is okay but I'm not going to turn my back on you because I love you so much um so I really pray that this episode helped whoever needed it if you enjoy it please give this podcast five stars make sure you follow me on Instagram so we can chat about it hit me up Let me know what you think. Y'all bless.